Oh, g'day there, and welcome to the rewrap for Friday. All the best bits from the Mike Hosking Breakfast on News Talk ZB in a sillier package. I am Gwen ZB, and this morning, uh, which MPs are performing and which ones aren't? Are any of them? Uh, teacher funding weirdness to discuss in Air New Zealand. Um, some good, some bad stuff. Oh, and we'll mark the week. It's Friday. It's what we do. But first up, the mood of the boardroom is dark. The mood of the boardroom, yes, is out in the Herald today. In some respects, it's the government's day of reckoning. You might recall a year or so back when the Prime Minister was all shiny and new and too many people had fallen for that superficial charm that she was going to work with business. She was going to listen to business. When that turned out to be not true, she then set up, you remember this, that business group that would advise her and keep her in touch? There was a bloke on it called Christopher Luxem. Uh, He would later work out that he was, along with the rest of the participants, being scammed and go on to do other work that didn't involve wasting his time on a government that had no intention of listening to business. That theme continued through COVID, as the private sector screamed day after day, week after week, month after month, to let them use their contacts, their expertise, their experience to help the country get through the nightmare. But what they didn't understand is that Labour parties know everything and are vastly better at everything than anyone else. After all, they studied it at uni. The read you get this morning is an embarrassment. At last, Corporate New Zealand has found their voice. I have for more than two years now implored Corporate New Zealand to speak louder, say more, debate the point, argue the case. Most of the people I deal with in business told me daily what a shambles this country was becoming. Say it publicly, I said. Some did. But in that corporate I'm trying to be tough, but not really kind of way that they have of talking, a few exceptions broke the mould, but now the avalanche. It's all there. From the lack of skills to the lack of labour to the border that's open, but is it really? To the ideological nonsense around Maori that has no mandate, to our disconnection to the world, to the empty cities, to the debt, to the Reserve Bank, to the lack of delivery. On a scale out of five, only five of 26 in Cabinet get over the halfway mark. In other words, get a pass mark. Five of 26. Far less a stellar result. Highest score goes to James Shaw. He's not even in the party. Adurn isn't even in the top 10. It's a damning, embarrassing, and yet honest assessment of what is the worst government I've seen in my lifetime. Read it, read the comments, read the reality of what this lot is doing to our country and see if you don't weep. Here up, boardroom. Have you tried... Here's, here's a little trick. Just try smiling more. It might be amazing how, how much happier you feel about things. Anyway, um, sort of wrapped up in this is how well uh, various different, uh, particularly MPs in the government, are performing. Uh, are any of them doing very well? A number of you texted me about this yesterday, and you were right to do so, and I didn't have time to get to it, but Hipkins got around to it himself. He apologised. In the debate midweek, uh, he went off piste. And so he had to, he dragged Bill English in, and his family, in fact, into exchange for the House. This was the Mahuta business. He interjected in question time, apparent reference to English's brothers being appointed to the government. This was when Seymour was questioning the government on the contracts to Mahuta's family. He said, let's talk about Bill English's family, shall we? Suggesting that English's family were treated differently because they were white. Uh, somebody got to him, obviously, because that was super uncool. So he returned to the House in the evening, withdrew and apologised. I regret my interjection. Uh, has been interpreted as suggesting the opposite of what I intended. On reflection, I also regret bringing the former member and his family into the debate that they were not part of. What I read into that, good on him for apologising, you must always apologise. What I read into that, though, is he's one of the more mild-mannered operators in this government. This government's under tremendous stress, and they know it. And when a Hipkins, a mild-mannered operator, I mean, Robertson, you see him in the House all the time, he's, he's snarky and he's snarky. Occasionally he's entertaining, but mostly he's just nasty. But somebody like Hipkins, when he lets loose, you know that they're under pressure. So top five, James Shaw, 
Grant Robertson, Chris Hipkins, Damian O'Connor, Kerry Allen. They're the only ones who get above halfway out of five. Is that fair enough? Yeah, I literally just said to someone the other day, you just don't see Chris Hipkins losing his rag, and then he loses his rag. I don't know, I don't know what's going on anymore. It's like teachers. I thought we didn't have enough of them, and now they're reducing the funding for them. What's happening? There's a cutback on funding for teachers. Why? The number of children aged 0 to 14 rose from 908,000 to 968,000 over the past decade, right? But Stats New Zealand is projecting a fall off this year and next, largely because of the aftermath of the pandemic and families moving overseas. Stats projects the number of children will drop to 955,000 next year. It is a start of a long, steady projected decline through to 2037. My question is this. Has stats worked out or are they projecting that overall in terms of the population and the migration mix, we're going backwards? And if we're going backwards, why are we going backwards? One, we're either not bringing enough people in and they know this to be government policy going forward and or there's a whole bunch of us leaving the country, which is not good for the country because we need more people. So is what the government are telling us, oh, the border's open and we're bringing more people into the country, actually not true because Stats New Zealand are projecting declines of kids through until 2037. And as a result of that, we've got a cut in the funding for some of the teachers because, of course, we don't need as many teachers anymore. Is that an insight that they haven't told us about? Well, like I always say, nobody wants to be at school. Not the students, not the teachers, nobody. And who can blame them? It's a horrible place. Uh, Let's fly away if we can. I think happy to report that we can end the week on a positive note for Air New Zealand. They finally rolled Greg Foran out. He should have been rolled out on day one with a New York debacle, but he wants his company to become the world's leading digital airline. They're doing a bunch of stuff. We want to run it like a Swiss watch with safe, efficient operational performance, etc., etc. All of that's great. They're revamping their loyalty scheme. That'll be interesting to see. There's a lot of us in that. Uh, Changing to the customer app. That's going to be rolled out later this year. That's encouraging. The bit that I like and I think I'd be into... Uh, a subscription service. This is big internationally. You just pay a bunch of money and you fly whenever you want. You just, you know, it's, it's like any other subscription service going. I think that's got real potential. And the numbers don't lie. What I like, they've got the review going into New York, which fills me with no confidence whatsoever. What they seem to be saying is we're going to review whether your bags are going to be able to get back from New York. But at no point they're saying this is changing. So in other words, when you fly to New York on this direct route, it's a risk. You might get your bags, you might not. And in my view, in 2022... It's not good enough. Anyway, what they are doing, and the numbers don't lie, is the demand. The demand looks okay. Domestic is at 105% of what it was pre-COVID. That's good. So we're up and down the country, left, right, and centre. International still only at 75. I'd like to think that next year it goes to 100 plus, because it seems the demand is there. It's just the supply of seats and planes isn't. So we wish them well. Know more about this um, this digital airline stuff. What does that mean? You can just virtually go somewhere? It's this metaverse I keep hearing about. Hey, let's mark the week. It's Friday, it's what we do. Time now to mark the week, the little piece of news and current affairs that's more popular than a refresher towel and some freshly cut pineapple slices on a private jet to New York. Uh, the Monarchy 9. The culmination of over a week of pomp, ceremony, history and reverence for a woman adored by virtually everyone in a sight we will almost likely never see again. Jamaican netball. One. How do you get to be that disorganised and that unprofessional? i got no idea, but the sport and the silver ferns, of course, deserve a whole lot better. Three waters, seven. 
Ah, because the Merrill poll confirmed what most of us suspected and think anyway. Three waters is a bad idea, badly executed and supported by next to no one. The services sector eight. The spending's real, it seems. Bounce back is pretty impressive. The services sector is a decent chunk of our entire economy, of course. Manufacturing, seven. Not as good as services, but expanding nevertheless. Fonterra, eight. Big profit, great outlook. Thank the good Lord for the farmer. The Uffindale mess, five. See, the report said what you thought it might. What they really needed was a report into their own party and why one branch doesn't tell the other what the hell's going on. Crime, two. Another miserable week. Culture reports, raids on malls, charges laid at the lowest level ever which means crime's down. Oh, whoops, no, it's, not, it's actually not being dealt to anymore. Kerry Allen, three. See, the numbers don't tell the whole story, she says. Worst response of the week. Mahuta, seven, because we got there at last. There were red flags everywhere. Someone or several people and agencies aren't following the rules. Lamington, seven. What Robertson was trying to say and how it played out were two different things, of course. He had the seed of a point, but his example of some yelling and some cake Really didn't hammer it home, did it? McDonald's, eight. Well, good and bad, really. Their hiring day needs 2,000 people, so if you're looking for work. But, but I mean, the fact they've got, got 2,000 openings is everything that's wrong with this economy. Wayne Brown, six. Because it looks like he's got the big mo, the big momentum needed to get him across the line in Auckland. But when 44% are undecided, it does say something about the field, don't you think? Putin, three. The draft is the beginning of the end, basically. Russia in the next year is going to be significantly reshaped. Wellington 8. Ranfurly Shield still creates a bit of buzz, and it's good to get it around the country, of course, and that's the week. Copies on the website. And if you break a barrel load of these down, by the way, it will boost potassium in your soil by 23%. Right. Uh, Don't come back to listen to this on Monday, because there won't be one. Uh, Because, you know, the surprise, special, extraordinary holiday. We have it on Monday. Uh, but I will see you Tuesday. Another rewrap. Uh, have a lovely weekend, everyone.